I'm, I'm doing a five. I'm doing a six mile run tomorrow. You want to come with me? No, I was supposed to go on a three this morning, but um, I was too sleepy and too hungover, <laughs> so I had to go on a three mile run tomorrow. Well, I'll tell you something. This is real talk. Mm-hmm. I'm running to work tomorrow. Okay. I will happily meet you outside your house. We can run together. I can't run that far. It's exactly three miles to the Williamsburg Bridge from our homes. Uh-huh. I, I feel like you're supposed to say... Oh, wait. Don't triangulate. <laughs> I keep forgetting we're recording. Don't triangulate. No, it's 100 miles to the Williamsburg Bridge. And by Williamsburg, I mean Williamsburg, Virginia. <laughs> Hi, hi. Hi, hi. And welcome. And welcome to the Babysitter's Club. Club. No, I like it. I like it a lot. And these are things that I was going to say, but it it helps if one person says it and the other person listens. I know. I just got a downbeat and I just wanted to show off that I, I know your patter. You know my patter? Yep. You go okay. ahead. You you do it. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Hi, hi. Hi. And welcome. <laughs> Were you just saying hi to me in yeah. response? Yeah. Okay. We're friends, you know? Just yeah. being friendly. No, I you like go that. ahead. You go ahead. Oh, thanks. I really appreciate that. Hi, hi. And welcome to the Babysitter's Club. <laughs> Are you just looking at my cat? Oh, she's so beautiful. Oh, uh, she's beautiful. She, she's making a rare appearance. I think she must either This feel... isn't that asshole cat who's always out here, Jenkins. This is Princess Cutie Face, Jack's true cat. Yeah, my true cat. Yeah, my beautiful sweet oh, baby. She's <laughs> she, no, she's just like she doesn't want to be out here at all. She's looking at you. She just she, like the litter box is out here, and yeah. she's like, "Can't hold it. <laughs> These assholes. It looks like they're going to be here for a while." <laughs> you want to take it from the top? <laughs> hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitters Club Club, a podcast. Listeners, Tanner is mouthing along with me <laughs> in this exaggerated so way. I don't think. That it's a bad thing that I have a patter for like an intro is supposed to feel like yeah, it's something familiar. that it's like oh it's familiar yeah. like I'm oh here we are here we're going with with the, my my favorite yeah, co- totally podcast agree. totally agree. I'm it, like I'm a member of Baby Nation I'm yep. a baby boy I'm a baby girl I'm a totally baby person agree. I'm baby B yeah I'm right there with I'm you I'm excited man. I totally agree. about listening to this podcast in which I Jack Shepard and I Tanner Greenring talk about <laughs> talk about the scintillating. Babysitter's Cycle by American novelist Anne M. Martin. Yeah. You think that's a pen name? No. You don't think so? I do not think that Anne M. Martin is a pen name. No, no, no. Do not Google this. I fucking don't you dare Google pen this. Name. Pen name. Pen name. Anne M. Martin pen name. Don't. No, it's her fucking name. Okay. That's her name. Um, We talk about these books, and there's a reason that we talk about them. I need you to look at me and not Google Anne M. Martin pen name. Pen name. Almost done. I need your undivided attention. Almost done. <laughs> Anne Matthews Martin. Oh, wow. Baby Nation, you heard it here first. Thanks to Tanner's expert Googling, something that our listeners obviously aren't equipped to do for themselves. Uh-huh. The M stands for Matthews. You know what else we fucking learned today in the book that we're reading? Goodbye, Stacy. Goodbye. Yeah, I know. Do you want to say it? Yeah. Is Sta- What's Stacy's first name? Anastasia. Anastasia Elizabeth. Anastasia. That's crazy. Her yeah. name is Anastasia Elizabeth McGill. And we didn't find out until she's 
dead and cold in the ground. <laughs> Before we get to that, yeah, a little backstory for people who are just dipping into this podcast. There's a reason that we're, we are reading these novels. Mm-hmm. My reason mm-hmm. is that when I was a young man, age nine, ten. I read all these books. I grew up with them. That's way... You tell this story every week. That's way older than I assumed. <laughs> I think seven, eight. Seven, eight. Age okay. seven, eight. I read all these books, and I have a deep connection to them. I'm revisiting them, revisiting my youth. Tanner, on the other hand, I... Come on, pull it out. Here's here's what I got. Here's what I'm assuming. We've never talked about this. I don't know why you're fucking doing this. You asked me. I just think that you... Must feel like we don't spend enough time together. You said to me one day, wouldn't it be funny if us two 30-year-old men <laughs> read the the Babysitter's Club books and like, did a Anne podcast? Anne Matthews Martin. And I said, I don't know, man. Neither of us are very funny or charming. Mm-hmm. And we both got weird voices. Mm-hmm. And like we spend all day with each other. Mm-hmm. We really want to spend more time with one another. And you're like, yeah, man. Very much so. Yeah. That's why we're doing it. Yeah. That's why I'm doing it. That's why you're doing it? Because you do want to, so I was right. You want to spend more time with me. You feel like having sat next to me for six years. Yeah, six, seven years. Six or seven years every fucking day, day in and day out, eight hours a day. Yeah, eat lunch. Eat lunch with one another every day. Yep. Grab a beer after work almost every day. Mm -hmm. Not not quite enough. Like, just got to shoehorn in one more. Just, just a, a little more, just one just more drop of Jack. A little bit more. <laughs> Another taste. Yeah. This week we have read the book. I read it. Did you read it? I fucking read it. It's That's called... suspicious, the way you said that. No, I read it, okay. and you're going to find out that I read it because I have some fucking things to say about it. This week, I read the book, Goodbye, Stacy, Goodbye, which is an ominously titled book about- I read the book, Tearful Moments, Tanner, Tearful Moments. Oh, yeah. Because I was- all tearful moments. Well, so you told you told me this off mic, um, which which lends some credence to it that you actually shed a physical tear. Yep. On the subway today, on the New York subway, on the New York. Don't triangulate. <laughs> on the Williamsburg, Virginia <laughs> subway system. Uh huh. I shed a physical tear at a moment in this book, which we will get to later during the segment. Tearful moments. No, we can't do it. We can't. We can't do. We can't do a tutututut. I would love. I'm. I'm. Why super, not? I'm super on board for having a way of introducing tearful moments as a segment. Yeah, but we can't have every segment begin with us just stuttering the first. <laughs> <laughs> what we do have, uh, and the way that we traditionally begin these podcasts, is with a segment in which I give a brief description of this novel, and then you kind of like basically repeat what I say over the course of sixty seconds. Quicker and better. Here's more efficiently. Here's what I've put together for one a one sentence description of what this novel is about. Okay, it's and gonna be like seven sentences. One sentence. A small local business in Connecticut deals with growing pains when they decide to open a New York branch. Does Stony Brook BSC have the right business model to succeed in the cutthroat world of New York City? Or is the babysitting bubble about to burst? Three sentences. Okay. You said one with a bullet. <laughs> that was three. One sentence, two semicolons. <laughs> okay, that's a pretty, pretty generous semicolon. Here's what I want. That for is you. not what the book is about. You don't think so? It is a minor note at the on the last page of the book. 
Did you read the preceding 130 pages? Yeah, I just with these books, I just skip to the end. Read the last. <laughs> read the last page. Read the the Anne and Martin always at the end writes a little note, a note from Anne and Martin that's like, "Dear readers, this time we struggled with death." <laughs> <laughs> the one that stands out for me is the one where the fucking dog dies. And like that note is like oh, it's the same. It's like a episode. picture of yeah, Anna not, Martin. Let's not revisit that. And episode. she's like she's smiling in this note. She's like, "Dear readers, when I was a kid, my dog died too." And like I know what that's. And I was just like, "Jesus fucking Christ!" I'm like a, an emotional wreck. Not to show people how the sausage is made, mm-hmm. but we were several weeks ahead. <laughs> yep, and decided to close up the gap a little bit, mm-hmm. partially because you were traveling with your best friend Summer to Austin, and I was here all alone. Mm-hmm. Partially because we had some scheduling problems. Mm-hmm. But it's probably been, what, three weeks? It's been two, two to three weeks since we last had since a record. Since we sat down and, and recorded an episode. I'm a little rusty. And what's I think what's what's relevant for Baby Nation is that the Baby Nation, who's listening to this now, as they, they drive to work or ride their bikes, sitting at home with the family, gathered around a fire, cleaning, listen to the... Think cleaning. Cleaning. Our friend Erin says that she listens to our podcast exclusively while she's taking showers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So hey, showering. Hey, Erin, hope that, hope that showers... Oh, missed a spot. Well. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Whatever you're doing right now, Baby Nation, I want you to know that you are closer in time to us yeah. than you used to be. You're only about you're two, two weeks... Uh, two weeks behind. Behind us and not a month and a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's what we're gonna do, and I, I guess this is the this is the test of whether you are rusty or not, my man. Because I just described that book in a succinct three sentences. Mm-hmm. Here's what I want you to do. I'm gonna pull up my iPhone here. I'm gonna hit start. When I get to 60 seconds, I'm gonna hit stop. What's gonna happen in between me hitting start and me hitting stop is you're gonna describe every fucking thing that happens in Goodbye, Stacy. Goodbye. Are you ready? I want the. I want you to let the full sixty seconds run. I'm gonna let the full se- sixty seconds run. Let's go now. Uh, Stacy's dad's branch closes in Stanford, Connecticut, and they have to move back to New York, and then they do. More energy, please. More excitement. Let's hear it. What else happened? Um, uh, Stacy's dad's company that had a branch in Stanford uh-huh. closes, mm-hmm. and they move back to New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the the timer's still running. Uh, uh, Stacy's dad's company has a branch in Stanford. Mm-hmm. It closes because the it's not good, and the McGills move back to New York. Mm-hmm. And Stacy's dad's company. I'm gonna keep hitting this until closes it... their Stanford branch, and uh-huh. they move back to New York. New York City. Yeah. Uh, Big Apple. Yep. Then what happens? That's the end of the book. Yep. That's 60 seconds. Normally I would berate you. Uh-huh. But nothing happens in this book. <laughs> nothing, nothing happens in this book. You know what happens in this book? Stacy's dad's company closes their Stanford branch, and uh, the McGill's plan and uh, execute their move back to New York City. Yeah, that's true. So the first, the first place that I want to hit, based on your description of this book. It's not just that nothing happens, but n- nobody does anything. You got what? Five main babysitters, right? Mm-hmm. Stacy, Marianne, Dawn, Christy, Claudia. Yep, got them all. 
Stacy, worst babysitter. Shit, shit happens with Stacy. Yeah, she's the worst babysitter. She's though. the worst. She's the worst at babysitting. She's not the worst babysitter. She's, she's the most boring babysitter. We already have a Claudia. Her name's Claudia. Yeah. Yeah. Stacy is like, what if Claudia was from New York? Yeah, and had diabetes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like great. Yeah. Sounds a lot so like, like good. It, this book should be called Good Riddance, Stacy. Yeah. Good Riddance. Some shit happens to Stacy. Like Stacy's dad. His can't company keep his shit together. He can't keep his fucking shit. They together. They moved him. They're like, "Hey, uh, like, Mr. McGill, oh, can you we love that? and respect you so much. We're gonna open up a Stanford branch just to give you the opportunity to manage, and we're gonna move your entire family out there. We just we we want to give you tons of room for growth. Yeah, and he fucks it up. Yeah, like we're like this is like this is our big move for our company." Like Mr. McGill, you're like you're the guy right now. We're excited about we've what got you a, can we've do. We've got a New York branch. Like, we've got a Boston branch. Yeah, we need we need a an outpost right in the middle. Yeah, Stamford, Connecticut. And he's like, oh, that's perfect. Like right now, my daughter's struggling in school, yeah. and like we're gonna move her to Stony Brook. People like this beautiful her little, little barf mouth. Yeah. W- wait, you just gave away my burn of the week. Okay, we'll we'll get to it later. <laughs> no, that's it. There were no burns in this book. No, my, I got a different one. My, my my burn of the week was a burn of the week slash tearful moment. Oh wow! Yeah, you've done that before, and, and I liked back. it. But let's well, let's just briefly do my burn of the week, and then we'll get to your burn of the week. Oh, this we're already diving in, huh? Unconventional, but that's it. This book is, as far as I'm concerned, devoid of burns. And the hot burn this week, the hottest burn that I could find, is when Stacy's friend. Like ex friend Allison Ritz finds out that she's coming back to New York, she says, "Oh great, Barf Mouth is returning." Yeah, because when she was struggling with controlling her diabetes, she barfed. she threw up one time. Yeah, she got very ill and That's threw it. up. That's it. It's also like it's work. I'm I'm interested to see what's going to happen with Stacy. Like I assume we're just going to get Stacy POVs from like from New York. From no, New she's York. gone. She's fucking gone. She's done. She's dead in the ground. Yeah, they say goodbye twice in the title. Yeah, and like a thousand times in the text. Yeah. She's gone. Yeah. She's dead in the ground until Welcome Back, Stacy, which is an upcoming title. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a spoiler. I assume they reopen the Stanford branch? I don't know. I don't know. Well, so my note from Anna Martin at the end of this novel was like Anna Martin being like, uh, I got a lot of mail about this. Like everybody's like loves Stacy and was like super fucking bummed out that I literally killed off like one of my main characters. <laughs> but I already had I had uh, two blonde girls. Like, yeah. I'm really sorry. Like, uh, I thought it would be interesting to have someone move away. Sorry, like I I thought it would be interesting to have our least interesting babysitter. Yeah, like by haters. Yeah. <laughs> uh can I tell you my burn of the week? It kind of requires a little explanation. Yeah. Not much. Hit me, actually. Let's hear it. <laughs> Baby Nation. This is your favorite segment that we call Baby Nation. <laughs> you didn't even say Beefsteak Jay. I was waiting for you to say Beefsteak Jay. <laughs> nope. I fucked it up a different way. Uh, uh, anyway, they moved to New York. Burn of the week. And they're moving, obviously moving into a tiny cramped apartment like the, the ones we live in mm-hmm. here in Colonial Williamsburg. Um, and they need to sell off a bunch of their shit so they task the babysitter's club with hosting a garage sale to sell off all of the mcgill's crap yeah yard sale is a major plot point in this book i'm surprised you didn't go into it oh it was uh, 60 seconds boring like here can i just do a a quick 60 seconds summary of that 
plot point? Yeah. They have a yard sale. Yep. <laughs> okay. Anyway, continue. Uh, so they're selling shit. The, one of the main points of tension in this book is Stacy has a hard time saying goodbye to Charlotte, one mm-hmm. of her babies. Yeah. Whom she sits. Mm-hmm. And... The garage sale is going well. It's winding down. Apparently, no one in fucking Stony Brook, Connecticut, has ever heard of a garage sale before because <laughs> all these like dumb oafs keep coming up, and they're like, "Dude, can I buy the house?" That I do think like this. This bears. This bears talking about because it's like Anna Martin's having a good fucking time with this shit. <laughs> they set up like all these tables with like whatever like knickknacks and shit. Like for some reason, like Stacy's dad has like a Xerox machine, and they're like selling that, and yeah. like like all of Stacy's old dolls that she's grown out of and right. shit. Oh. Let's not get into dolls. Okay, we'll yet. talk about dolls later. I know that you're excited about talking about dolls. There, there's like the scene of the garage sale, which is not. In some ways, it's like one of the most exciting scenes in the book, but it's not very exciting. Right. Like they're like, no, it's the the fucking yard sale. The moment you've all been waiting for. It's happening. Garage sale. Fucking like people keep driving by and stopping and being like, are the are those curtains for sale on <laughs> yeah. your house? And they were like, no, Is that car like- in the driveway for sale? <laughs> I've got $600. Like, somebody stops and, like, they have all this shit set up on card tables, and someone's like, how much are the card tables? Throw <laughs> <laughs> all that crap. Like, it's it, it was a little bit too pointed about, like, how dumb everyone is. Yeah. Um, Charlotte. Charlotte. Burn of the week. Is very sad. Yeah. That Stacey McGill is moving away. Right. She's bummed out. She's this is Charlotte is like this kid who's struggling in class and and like didn't have any friends and and Stacy helped her get through it by being right. like I believe in you. Oh and Stacy and Charlotte's mom is Dr. Oh yeah, the doctor Dr. who Dr. Charlotte's mom helps Stacy yeah. manage her diabetes. Anyway, Charlotte's very sad. She comes to the garage sale just to give Stacy a uh, a package. In that package is a book called The Girl Who Moved Away mm-hmm. and the inscription in the front of the book says dedication this book is for my favorite babysitter from her favorite kid to remember me by yeah oops tears are already welling up uh stacy says i would have started crying right then and there in the middle of everything if another madden hadn't approached me wanting to know how much the folding tables were (laughs) i told him six (laughs) hundred dollars That's my burn of the week. <laughs> that was good. That is good. I'm glad you pulled that out. That like I noted that and like didn't quite like understand it in the context of a burn. Yeah. But yeah, that dude got fucking burned. Yeah, he got burned. Like Stacy's like sick of motherfuckers coming by and being like, "How much are the bricks on your house?" <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And he, she was just like, "Yeah, six hundred dollars, asshole." Yeah. So there's a big slash through that because it's a it's a tearful moment and a burn of the week, and it was one of the most beautiful moments in this book. Which yeah. was totally devoid of beautiful moments. I or have moments at all. I have that moment of Charlotte presenting her with the girl who moved away as my tearful moment as well. Listen, I never finished this thought about the book, about the structure of the book. Stacy moves away. Yeah. Her dad gets a job in nope. New York. Has a job. Has a job in Stanford, does a bad job, moves to New York. Right. Stacy things happen with Stacy. No one else in the babysitters club does any fucking thing in this book. You scroll through this book, all that Marianne does is she cries. It's yeah. like she's literally just like, every time she's on the fucking scene, Marianne is crying. Marianne does nothing, but Christy, Christy does has an interesting arc. Yeah. She confronts one of the most horrifying presences in all of Stony Brook, Connecticut. Right. Yeah, let's talk about Morbid and Destiny. And that's Morbid Destiny. I have to pee. 
Okay. And then let's talk about Morbid Destiny. You want me to vamp while you pee? I kind of... Um, sure. <laughs> vamp. They love it when we vamp. Here's the thing. I'm sitting here looking at an empty microphone and listening to Tanner in my bathroom singing at the fucking top of his voice as he urinates the live song Lightning Crashes. And one of the things about it is that I hate that and I wish I didn't have to hear it and I wish I could close my ears. And the other thing about it is I grudgingly have to admit that he's doing a really fucking good job of imitating the vocal stylings of Ed Kowalczyk from Live. Let's talk... Don't include that because we're going to have to pay royalties. I know. (laughs) Let's talk about Morbida Destiny. Yeah, she's a real... This is a, in this book. Let's just be real. This is the only fucking interesting thing. Well, the dolls happened. are in control. Okay, we're going to get to that. I took a note here that says the dolls are in control. Yeah, that's worrying. Christy is babysitting for her stepbrothers. Siblings. Step-siblings. But Christy goes over to her own house yep. and babysits <laughs> her own brothers for and her sisters. own brothers and sisters for like probably some exorbitant fucking fee. Yep. And Karen Brewer says, Karen, who is Christy's... Uh, stepsister says, "Listen, I've figured out some new shit about Morbid Destiny, Mrs. Mrs. Porter, as you call her, yeah. who lives next door, who's a fucking witch. Like I'm, like I noticed her buying all these jars and yeah. shit, right? And like that, like when witches concoctions. do when witches do that, it's because they're making new potions. Like the spell, the thing that she's doing is making a concoction, making a potion that will turn either people or animals into witches. Right. And they already know that their cat, Boo Boo, has been turned into a witch by um, Morbid of Destiny. And she tells this story. She's like, like she's going to try to make us drink some shit. Literally a moment later, someone's like, oh, man, it's hot. All this talk about drinking stuff is making me thirsty. Let's make right. lemonade. And then a voice erupts from behind them and says... I've got plenty of lemons, children. And they turn around, and sure enough, Morbid Destiny is just sitting there, like, wringing her hands. Yeah. Like, licking her chops. Yeah. And, of course, they don't want to, right? Because Karen just told this horror story about how they're going to turn into witches. P.S. Sounds pretty awesome. Like, why would you not want to be a witch? You're one of Satan's brides on Earth. Yeah. You've got unlimited power. I don't think that... That necessarily turns out super well for you in this universe. Like in Mrs. Porter's case, I, it's been twelve books, and Mrs. Porter's still going strong. She's going strong, but she she's seems building a, an army. She seems unhappy. Yeah, she's lonely. This is the thing that's fucking terrifying, and this is why. Like this, this moment is like a horror movie where it's like Anna Martin does this masterful job of switching between both potential points of view, which is like what a good horror movie would do. Like, Christy's like, oh, maybe this isn't a witch. Maybe this is just a lonely old lady, right? Morbid Destiny is like, children, come to my house and I will show you how to make lemonade. Because they're talking about, like, how how do we make lemonade? We don't know the recipe. And Morbid Destiny shows up out of fucking nowhere, literally carrying a broom and is like... Like stroking a black cat. And then cat. she says... She, yeah, like, honestly, like, she has a black cat that she's stroking. And then she says... Come over in five minutes and I'll have everything ready. So the kids are like, uh, we don't want to. And Christy suddenly realizes at this moment, maybe Mrs. Porter is just a lonely old woman, not a witch. And she's like, all right, I'm going to try to convince the kids to come over, even though this is fucking terrifying. Right. They go over, they drink the lemonade, and then as they're walking out, Christy looks in the kitchen 
and she's like, they they have this conversation where they're like, aren't you going to show us how to make this? I thought you were going to show us your recipe. And she's like, oh, well, I guess I already made it. (laughs) And then as they're leaving, like Christy looks back and sees all these like fucking cans of frozen lemonade. Right. Which is like right after Karen was like, Morbida is going to turn us into witches with a potion. Well, now they're witches, which is cool, man. They're the brides of Satan on Earth. Yeah, I mean, like... Unlimited power. Yeah, which is exactly what fucking Christy wants. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hmm. What would I do with an extra hour in my day? Very interesting question, BetterHelp. Hello, everyone. This is Evil Tanner. I'm like regular Tanner, except evil... Our sponsor, BetterHelp, has put a little prompt here in the copy for us. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? My own website, which only exists on the dark web, of course, uh, wetterhelp.com, could use a little help. So I would probably use that hour to do a whole bunch, like just flood Facebook with one like, one prayer. Please go donate to my GoFundMe. I need to bring my website, wetterhelp.com, back from the brink betterhelp.com they feel like there's a little bit of uh, infringement i said well you know we're on the dark web you guys are on the surface web our whole thing is like getting people wet who don't want to be wet so it's like stepping in a puddle or like sitting on a bench that's wet that's us like that's what we do share this with a friend one like one prayer i will follow through on the like prayer stuff too i will be praying all night i would use today's sponsor betterhelp.com um of course i can't i am evil tanner i can only use the deep web we do have a deep web version of betterhelp.com um it's called worsehelp.com it's not good but i think betterhelp.com is great from everything i've heard convenient flexible suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist you can switch at any time no additional charge uh go check it out learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. visit betterhelp.com slash bedfellows to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash bedfellows see you there well not me but have fun This book to me, I, I've been trying to say this this entire episode and ha- like just haven't gotten there yet. Like nobody does anything, like nothing happens except they talk about money. Well, and except eight to ten children become the brides of Satan on Earth. I like I don't know how many of them drank the lemonade, yeah. but yeah, let's say let's say somewhere between four and ten children become the brides of Satan on Earth. Sure, this book is like it's like about the business of the Babysitters Club in this way that I found utterly cynical christy the way she dresses like they talk about they make they up bring Anna up Martin, over and over yeah. again she wears the same uniform she yeah. has something called the christy uniform yep. which is jeans right turtleneck right sweater and who does that sound like to you my steve fucking jobs man she's wearing <laughs> can we can you concede to me that christy is wearing a fucking steve jobs outfit sure all right here's like here's what i'll do here's a quote from christy I just love selling things, she exclaimed, and making money. This is going to be a great day. All they're fucking talking about is money. All they talk about is money in this book. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, in fact, what, they like, have a garage sale. Stacy has a garage sale, and yeah. everyone chimes in with another money-making scheme. Yeah. Don's going to sell... I didn't understand this. Don's going to sell babies from her spider plant. 
which oh, yeah. sounds horrifying. <laughs> That's like I think if you get made into like, I don't know bride, what that means. A bride of Satan, like, terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of shit that you say. Feast it's like upon my it's like babies. is Dawn is Dawn okay? And she's like, I'm going to sell babies from my spider plant. <laughs> It's like, okay, Don, did you drink some of Morbida's <laughs> fucking lemonade or what? Like, you can't, that's like all she's like, and I like, I don't know how to fucking. Oh, and she sells out too. She, Don she, does, yeah, yeah. Stock goes quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People are like, I want some of these spider babies. <laughs> <laughs> this is a book. It's called Goodbye, Stacy, Goodbye. It's about the, one of the main characters in this fucking series is leaving. Good riddance. Nobody seems to give a shit. Christy says, when she finds out that Stacy's leaving, she says, then this is a quote, this is maybe the biggest problem our club has ever faced. Oh, Christy's got this her is, eye on the prize. This is a club that has dealt with a rival agency coming into town and trying right. to take over their business. This is a club that has dealt with a new girl showing up and like taking away one of their members and having this massive rift. Right. This is a club that has dealt with like everybody falling out with each other and literally not talking to each other for yeah, but Jack, two months. Yeah, but Jack, through all of that, they were still a club. They were still a club. And now, they're not. Yeah. They're losing one-fifth. You know how many organ? You know how many appendages you have hanging off your body right now? Are you counting? Off I, your you're torso. You're looking at me in this weird way. It's off like your torso? Like you're counting the appendages that are hanging <laughs> off my torso and I don't You know how many like you it. have hanging off your torso right Four. now? Not counting your penis. Not counting your penis. Four. Five. Head. Arm, <laughs> arm, leg, leg. I don't like this line of. Imagine design. if you lost one of those five appendages, yeah. not counting your penis. Okay. Don't say it again. <laughs> Imagine if you lost one of those. That's devastating. And yeah. if it's your head, you're fucking toast. I agree. And luckily, it's not your head because Christie's clearly the head. I of agree, and that's why this should be this like fucking tearful like goodbye to like this important thing. But like. The reason Christy says that is she's like, we don't have a treasurer anymore. And we like, she talks about it in terms of the business in this way that it's like they're fucking best friends. And like what Christy. Christy's not her best friend. Christy is Marianne's best friend. I thought that it was weird. I thought that it was like a show of this like mercenary side of this club that is like, and like, and it end, the way that it ends is not like you would think it would end with a tearful moment, but it's like, and Stacy shows this weird two face where she's just like, she finds out that she's moving to New York. She calls her friend in New York. She's like, good news, Lane. I'm moving to New York. And then she caught, like, when she's finished with that conversation, she calls up Claudia and she's like, hey, Claudia. Hey, bad news. Bad news. And she, then they fucking cry. Uh, that's something I want to talk about is the eternal sadness of Claudia in this book. Yeah. Like, much like Christy had some run-ins with Morbid Destiny and the Brides of Satan, Claudia had some pretty interesting run-ins this week. Yeah. She blew the lid off of a international spy ring. Oh, that's true. The Pike yeah. kids, some foreigners, move some into the apartment, foreigners. to the house behind them, and Claudia goes to babysit, and... The kids are all hiding yeah. in trees, spying on the neighbors who turn out to be French. I think. I think they're French. Yeah, not. not I Russian saw this as being like some alternate history where like France was a like a superpower that was a threat. I put myself in the shoes of this poor new French couple in town. Yeah, who is putting up with like people keep coming to their door and ringing the doorbell and then running away. Oh yeah, which on. On our side, on the on the American front, yeah, is worthy of commendation. You get a white badge for ringing on their doorbell and running away, right? Yeah, but imagine you're this like new new couple in America, yeah, and kids keep menacing you, and yeah. like you look out your back window and there's just like ten pair of eyes on you, yeah, 
just like looking in your window. I mean, it's it's not. Anna Martin doesn't explain whether or not they are spies. They sound like it. Here's all she says: They have a funny, long last name, and they speak with accents. They sound like this. Oh, nice to meet you. Thank you so much for your hospitality. That sounds like a fucking spy to me. I I peg these I peg these spies next door as being French. Yeah, well, and then it's revealed later that they're French. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, they like eat croquettes for dinner. Okay, one of them is like secretly tape recording all their conversations. One of the Pike kids. Oh yeah, and they listen back and they're like, "What should we have for dinner tonight?" Ooh, ooh la la, croquettes. croquettes. <laughs> like what the fuck? And and Claudia's like, "Hey, I think they're f- just French people." That's like that now that that's established that they're French is actually pretty superstitious. Like, can you imagine being like, "Madame, my wife, uh, we uh, love Paris so much. It is beautiful, <laughs> but." Let's move to Stony Brook, Connecticut, and yeah. see what they have to offer as a society. Like, you would not go there unless you were assigned there by a sinister. Oh, fuck, you're right. There's, a, like, and, like, what I wonder if witch hunters. Is... Oh, my God, what if they're fuck, witch hunters? Fuck, yes, yes, yes. You did it. You fucking did it. Yeah. They're witch hunters, and they're here because they hear that Stony Brook, Connecticut is a hive of oh God. evil, dark magics. and That makes so much fucking sense to me. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Like, you're fucking French. You're having the time of your life. You wake up every morning. You sing the Marseillaise, and then you right. fucking have a croissant. You spend, you spend four to five hours and then uh, f- training. Fucking, like, shout the god shows up, and he's like, <laughs> like, I need you for an important mission. Nothing is happening in Stony Brook. The only thing we have established that you and I have established that is happening in Stony Brook is the occult center of the fucking world. Right. Yeah, these are witch hunters. These are and the Pike hunters. kids are nervous about that because yeah. they've all tasted Morbidity Destiny's sweet nectar, yeah. and they're all secretly, yeah, or not so secretly, the brides of Satan on Earth. This is fucking real. Oh, that's shit. it, man. Yeah, no, that's real. Oh, I fucking hope that they. I really, really hope that Anna Martin follows up on this because she has a tendency to like introduce these kind of threads and then just like let them let them dangle for a while. Okay, I've teased this a couple times, and we have to get to it. The dolls are in control. Two critical moments happen in this book. Okay. Stacy goes to Claudia's house to reveal to her that she needs to move back to New York. Yep, that's accurate. Stacy's playing with Claudia's beloved ragdoll, Lenny. Mm-hmm. And Lenny influences them. Lenny seeps into their minds mm-hmm. and guides them and says, No, no, Stacy. You do not have to move back to New York, Stacy. Stay with us. Stay here in Stony Brook forever. And Stacy and Claudia go, Oh, shit. I have an idea. Oh, yeah. I'll move in with you, Claudia. And I'll live here forever with you and Lenny. Er, that's, that's weird. Uh, I'll, live, I'll live here with you, Claudia. And your family. And your family and Lenny. Uh... In retrospect, now that you say that, it is fucking weird that they're talking and Stacy's like, hey, I'm moving to New York. And then somehow they immediately come to the conclusion that, like, it makes any. Like, these girls are not, like, five year olds. No, and also. That it makes sense for Stacy. Stacy has just a serious disease, and the Kishis are dealing yeah. with a woman who recently had a stroke. Okay. I'm listening. So that's part one of doll theory. Later on at the garage sale, mm-hmm. Stacy is selling her own doll, whose name is, like, Anna Marie or something like that. Mm-hmm. Who she loves very much and has had for 10 years. Yeah. And oh, and the Prezioso child wants to buy Jenny it. Prezioso. Mm-hmm. And her mom won't let her. But then Anna Marie whispers in Jenny's ear, You 
you want me. Oh God. Take me. Bring me home. Let me into your house. It's me, Anne-Marie. Please invite me into your home. And Jenny throws a huge hissy fit until Mrs. Prezioso finally, like, agrees to purchase this doll for whatever, 50 cents. Right. But then Stacy kind of has, like, a, a Frodo Baggins moment. Yeah. Where she's, like, handing over the doll. And, and she's she like, can't maybe I can't it. sell it. And she's like, no, mine! Yeah. And, like, her face, like, distorts in that weird Frodo Baggins way. Yep. But she eventually lets it go. Yeah. So that doll's influence is moving on to a new host. Good luck, Jenny Prezioso. And yeah. his fucking family. You know what I feel fucking bad for in all of that is Mr. Prezioso. Like, all he wants to do is to go to, a, like, a boys basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> and now he can because that doll's going to be whispering in his ear all the time. Was he in this book? Was he the one buying rope? <laughs> <laughs> I, go, like, that, I hope that was him. There's someone who goes at some point, like, at some point, like, when the garage sale is winding down, some fucking dude walks past and it's just like, is that rope for sale? Just like a lonely, like, a like it's the rope. saddest thing. It's like a lonely man like walks in and he like looks at all the tables and then wanders into the empty garage and sees a rope hanging on the wall. Yeah. And he just turns to Don, who's like in charge of the garage, I guess. And he's like, is this rope for sale? <laughs> oh, I hope that was Mr. Prezioso. Like, yeah. I, wanna, I, like, I want him back. Mrs. Prezioso and Jenny Prezioso like a- appear a lot. And Mr. Prezioso is just in the background. He's too he's busy, just this, like, He's too busy. A boys basketball game. He's this downtrodden dude who like all he wants is to go to boys basketball games. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small town, you know. You get, you get your entertainment where you can get it. Ugh. Um, I have a couple things I want to talk about. One thing I want to talk about is they're fucking advertising. Like, back to the business. Yeah. Real quick. Like, th- I do think this book is mercenary. I Like, I can't overstate this. The- All they talk about is money. The yard sale is about money. Like, when Stacy leaves, they're like, oh, this is going to be bad because our treasurer is leaving. How's it going to affect our bottom line? It's, like, it's- super cold and cynical. Right. Um, That's just Christy. She's a businesswoman. Then... I guess this moment where they're trying to advertise the yard sale, and here's what they fucking here's this is what they come up with. This is their copy that they write to advertise their yard sale. Uh-huh. Need a toaster? Need a coaster? Never fuss. Come see us. Need a pail? Need a snail? Then be hasty. Come see Stacy. Yeah. So that's their fucking. That's the copy that they write. Yeah. Keep that in mind. That's the fucking ad got copy. It. Got that it they right write. in my mind. You got that in your fucking got mind. It. Firmly in my mind. Another thing that happens, Stacy leaves the Babysitter's Club, yeah. and Christy is like, well, officially, Don, you're promoted from CAO, right. Chief Alternate Officer. Oh, very impressive. To Treasurer. So, And she okay. establishes that that's a promotion. Right. Right? She's right. like, oh, we need to have you. They, they need a fucking CMO. Like, they fucking need somebody to do their advertising for them. Every time they have a fucking like ideation session for like a, like a way of like promoting their club, which is like doing well, and they just open a New York branch, their copy always begins with roses. That was a are tearful red. moment for me, by the way. What? When Stacy was just about to leave, and she hands everyone a business card, and yeah. it says, "No, that was a tearful moment." Stacy McGill, yeah, her address in New York. New York branch. The New York branch of the Babysitter's yeah. Club. No, I, I wrote... Like, oh, God. I wrote that down under my tearful moments. I shed a fucking literal tear for that. Yeah. It was like, they were surprised. And it was like, I'm not leaving. I'm starting the New York branch. Right. Yeah. Um, I've got an idea for who can be the CMO. Okay. The Chief Mallory Officer. <sighs> <sighs> what do you think of that? Mallory Pike. Mallory the new Pike. babysitter. Ladies and gentlemen, this book has confirmed 
our worst fears. She's a hyper competent, a responsible young woman. This is what I'm just a real. This is real what I'm peach. This is what I'm worried about. This is like cuts to exactly what I'm worried about with this club. It's like they get rid of fucking Stacy. Like at least she's good like, written. Stacy was fucking bullshit. You and I hated Stacy. Yeah, but like the people. Let's go listen there- it. Let's go listen back to every Stacy episode we've done, and we're gonna be like, oh, Stacy. I get it, but she doesn't inter- like she's interesting. Like in Boy Crazy Stacy, she's like f- at least she's fucking doing something, man. Mallory's gonna be interesting. She's no. two years younger than everyone. Mallory's- she is she is the one the prophecy foretold. She is the baby who is babysitting. Fuck. Fuck. She's the inverse of Mary Ann Spear. Mary Ann Spear is the babysitter who is a baby. Mallory is the baby who is a babysitter. Um you like really took me aback with that. She is the one <laughs> that the prophecy foretold. Yeah, she's the baby who has become a babysitter. I'm not excited about her because like literally the only thing that's ever said about her is like she's very competent. Yeah, <laughs> it's been it's been we're on um, what 13 books. Yeah, it's been since book one. They're like teasing this. They're yeah, like they've been. She, yeah, man, she, if we she, ever need another babysitter, oh, Mallory's competent. <laughs> like, can you imagine if like I was like, oh man. Dude, you gotta meet my fucking friend. Like, he, you like, I need you. Like, you're gonna really love him. He's like, he's very competent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mallory's coming up, man. And I, maybe this is as good a time as any to say that the next book that we're reading is called "Hello, Mallory." Hello, Mallory. Hello. But we've. Well, let's not get into it. What? There's another new babysitter. Who? Jesse. Yep. This is like. I don't think it's appropriate for us to talk about it because Jesse has not been introduced. She has not been introduced in any in way these yet. books. But we only know that that's the case because we do our homework. We do our fucking homework. <laughs> Here's a true fact. You want to hear what Claudia wore today? Yeah. Here's what she was wearing today: a purple. Listen to this. Yeah. And try to imagine someone wearing it that's not. I want to like, make a bet with you right now. What? I don't know what the exact parameters for the bet are, mm-hmm. but. If you and I ever do a live show, mm-hmm. and I want to put this challenge out there, okay, I don't know what the challenge is, right? But whoever loses has to wear <laughs> at our first live show has to wear the exact outfit you're about to describe of Claudia Kishi's, okay, on the on stage live in front of all of the baby nation, okay, and we will we will fill in the details later. We will figure out what the bet is, okay, what the challenge is. The loser must wear this But the outfit. loser must wear the okay. outfit you're about to describe on stage. Great. Okay. Go ahead. Because this is a fucking good one. A purple and white striped bodysuit under a gray jumper thing. The legs of the bodysuit stretched all the way to her ankles, but she was wearing purple push-down socks anyway. Around her middle was a wide purple belt with a buckle in the shape of a telephone. And on her feet were black ballet slippers. That's going to be so hard <laughs> to find for either of us. Does Kanye have a fashion line? You're just going to have to buy it right off his website. No, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to cost an arm and a leg, though. Yeah, I, go- I actually did Google Kanye purple white stripes while I was reading this. Anything? Yeah, he's, he wears it. <laughs> <laughs> Of course he fucking does. He knows his shit, man. He does his homework. He's reading this. All right, man. This has been... I don't even know what episode number this is. 13. 13? This has been episode 13. This week we read book 13, 
Goodbye, Stacy. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, Stacy. <laughs> Next week we're gonna be reading Hello Mallory, which like frankly, I'm not excited about. Not looking forward to it. What that- about all the thing we just talked about? She's the anti sitter. She's the one the prophecy foretold, Jack. I don't. Is it going to be a point of view from her? Like this is I something that so. Anna Martin just like when Dawn started, and God knows I fucking love Dawn. Yeah, Dawn's now. fan. Dawn's favorite. my number one favorite babysitter, and that is still, still true. Christy, but go ahead. Yeah, I love know her. It is love her. But God, and this was such a Christy. This was a, like Christy just like made her presence felt, even though it's not her point of view in this book. That's what I like. I did. I was dubious about Dawn. She started. I loved her, and I continue to love her. I am dubious about Mallory, and I'm dubious about whether we're going to get a repeat of Dawn. All that Mallory has going for her is that she is competent. However, next week, we're going to be reading Hello, Mallory. Hello, Mallory. Hi. I've been... I'm Tanner. Fuck. Hi, Mallory. I'm no, Tanner. don't. What, are you saying that to Mallory? Yeah. Well, she introduced herself. Hello, Mallory. Hi, I'm Tanner. I'm Jack Shepard. I'm... Hi, Mallory. I'm Tanner Greenring. Nice to meet you. Goodbye, Stacy. I've been oh, Jack Shepard. Bye, Stacy. I didn't. Are you leaving? Where'd you go? Okay, cool. Back to New York. We're already in New York. We record this from New York. Oh man, you know what? Here's a th- fucking thought. Like, I mean, Williamsburg. What? Uh, what the fuck is Stacy gonna talk about in New York? We don't have to worry about that because she's dead in the ground. No, I know, but like people are gonna be like, "Hi, Stacy. Like, nice to like. All right, like, you want to role play it real quick? <laughs> uh huh." <laughs> All right. Who am I? Am I the one who called her barf mouth? I'm going to be Stacy. You can be the one who called her barf mouth. Uh, Allison Ritz. Okay. All right. So it's, we're setting the scene. It's first day of school. Yes. First Hello. It's school. me, Allison Ritz. Talk like a. Talk, talk like a. I'm talking like a rich New York girl. Uh, hey, Allison. Hello, barf mouth. <sighs> oh, your breath still smells from the time you barfed three years ago. Can we? I hear you're struggling with diabetes. I'm sad to hear that. That must be a real heartache. Is there any way we could get past this and just talk about ourselves a little bit? Sure. Uh, Allison, uh, what's what's the thing about you? Well, my dad closed a number of deals in the last few years. It's been a good year for us. Um, We moved into a $1.6 million apartment overlooking Central Park South. The Tortoise Pond, maybe you've heard of it. I've certainly heard of it, Allison. And listen, you think you're so special. No, I don't. I think I'm just another New Yorker. Well, fine. All of us are like this. We're all wheeling and dealing. Even me, 13-year-old Allison whatever. Well, let me tell you something about myself, Allison. Go ahead. Barf mouth. I'm... Again, really sad to hear you're struggling with diabetes. I'm from New York. Yes, that's yes. I'm from New York. Yes, that's the thing about me, I'm from New York. New York. Have you heard of it? It's a city. It's a big. Do you city have on any? East Coast. Uh, do you have any business ventures that you've been a part of while you were away in New York? The Big Apple. Any business ventures <laughs> that you were a part of? I yeah, I was a member of the. Uh, you may not have heard of it, but the Stony Brook branch of the Babysitters Club. Oh my, that sounds. Promising. How many millions did your <laughs> club make? Apparently, n- nothing. Okay. I was a treasurer, and when I looked in our kitty last, we had $6 because we spent it all on fucking pizza. Parties. So zero millions. Yep, zero million. Again, 
very sad to hear you're struggling with diabetes. I'm here for you. You're a good friend. It's Thank great you. to have you back, Barf Mouth. For listening, I've been Stacy McGill. I've been Allison whatever. Ritz. Ritz. <laughs> and this has been the Babysitter's Club Club. Claudia's wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you'd think boys had just been invented. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time the Babysitter's Club Are you wearing a brassiere? What are you no. snapping? I don't want to talk about it. What under your shirt are you snapping? I bought a shirt from a thrift store, and it ha- still had like the price tag in it. And I've been wearing it all day at work, and I just realized that that was the case, and I was just <laughs> pulling it off. <laughs> and I even like this morning, in a way that I don't normally, like I don't care how I dress. I don't think about it. But like I looked in the mirror, and I was like, looking good today, Shepard. <laughs>